Thank you, John and Mary Lou. Really appreciate you sharing with us this morning. Um, the Lord is is very um, perfect in His timing, and we see that with what Jesus did on the cross when it took place. Praise the Lord! We have been able to see the reality of who He is and what He's done, and been able to be grafted into His family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You. We thank You for Your loving kindness that lasts forever. Your grace, Your patience. We ask, Lord, that You would guide us as we look to Your Word. And Lord, help us to to know how to apply what we're learning uh, to our everyday life, to the times that we're in. We ask, Lord, that You would um, just help us to to see what it is that you want us to understand here in this passage. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we started a message that I'd like to finish today out of Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6 and 7 is where we're going to spend a lot of our time, I believe, today. Um, Those are theme verses. But let's begin at verse 1. For I want you to know how great a struggle... And that word struggle there is where, where we're, what we're uh, grappling with right now. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in the true knowledge of God's mystery." That is Christ Himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument, for even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him." having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And so as we look at this passage, that struggle is what we began to grapple with last week in the reality that Paul was struggling to see, hoping to see, praying to see, and working to see that they would grow up in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that at the end of the last chapter, chapter 1. And so we kind of made, or I made this mention that it's kind of like those memes, and it made me think of that, that we could say hashtag the struggle is real, right? And when we look at that, that hashtag the struggle is real, it is uh, generally a lighthearted hashtag or phrase to describe smaller big struggles most of us can sympathize with. Uh, I wouldn't look up all the memes though, there, there are some inappropriate ones. But here I wanted to share a couple of safe ones with you this morning. This is me. Is this you? When you have to make the coffee before you have had the coffee? Hashtag the struggle is real, right? How about this poor dog? I don't know if you can see it very well, 
but there is right about right about here is the window. The struggle is real. Uh, then here's one for John talking to him about this nasty old bull that that he warned the sale barn folks about that had kind of pinned him up against the fence a couple of times, and he said, you've got to be careful, he's nasty. And he just walks in there and, you know, just very gentle as can be. So we made one up for John here. The struggle is real. Me, when I'm working alone, the sale barn after I warn him that he's nasty. Okay. Um, we can go on and on with a lot of different uh, life situations. Um, could, could make up another one. It's amazing how much alike exercise and extra fries sounds alike. The struggle is real. There's a lot of things that we could bring into this. Um, but the goal is for us to not just say, okay, there's a struggle in life and there's a struggle as believers that we're trying to walk with Christ every day. Maybe I even get up, I spend some time in prayer, uh, I'm very studious in, in reading the Word, and then I go out there and then the, the real struggle hits and I am frustrated beyond all reason with what's going on in my life or with the equipment or with uh, the housing ut- the utensils in the kitchen or, or the laundry or like the day I went home and I thought my brother was already gone on his camping trip and our air conditioner broke down. Praise the Lord, he wasn't. <laughs> Things just going on and it's just like, ah! <laughs> right? It's, that's a struggle. But we want to go beyond that and say, we want, everybody, we want to purposefully struggle in ministry to one and for one another to grow in Christ and to be under be sound and solid believers. And so that's the challenge. We all must struggle because of love, because of love to build up solid believers in Jesus. And last week we looked at uh, first at the the struggle for growth and and that 's the the center of this whole passage, or what I want you to understand is that we must be people engaged in the work of the church, which is ministering first and foremost to one another so that we can reach and minister to those outside the walls in a great great capacity at great capacity okay that is with great power. And so we went through it last week, how Paul lovingly struggles for all believers, and that should be our role model, that we would lovingly struggle for all believers, that, that we would um, be united in Jesus Christ. Who unites us? The Lord Jesus Christ. I, I was watching a, another sermon this morning on the TV while I was waiting around a little bit, and he was talking about, you know, when we see people who aren't believers... Acting the way they are, it shouldn't surprise us. We shouldn't be expecting anything from them that they would know Jesus and be following Him. And they may even try and make great effort to do their best to help people. But they may steer them wrong in a a, a horrendous way. Why do we expect them to do anything different if they don't know Jesus? 
He says it's scarier for him to talk to someone and they say, I'm a Christian. And you're like, okay, so let's see it. <laughs> Do we see it from one another? Are we walking with the Lord? Are we trying to help one another grow in the Lord? But here we find that it, it unites us in Jesus. And so when we, we are around other believers, we should all be centered Jesus, on Jesus. We should have Him as our center and therefore able to grow, even if we're having tough days, even if the struggle is real. Okay? Because the only answer is Jesus. And then we go back to last two weeks ago. I love this little phrase in verse 27, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are united in Jesus, and we have great ability in Jesus to accomplish all that He's commanded us to do. Amen? You still feel that way? After a week at fair? Or out in the sun? Or even like me yesterday, out on a boat in the hot air, you come to church, you're tired and sore, and I'm kind of here and I'm not? You still understand that Jesus is sinner and He gives you great ability not only to encourage one another, but to worship Him? Gives us great reason and the ability. But we need to, we need to struggle. We need to struggle for, on behalf of one another in obedience to Christ, knowing that it can be done. Second, there is, there is the struggle for stability. And this is where the rubber meets the road for us here in the United States and throughout the world, and we've been pretty spoiled, but no matter how Christianized the nation looks, there's always the struggle that we would continue to stay uh, rooted in Christ, grounded in Christ, built upon Christ. And so love is the driving factor for us, and love is a struggle for other spiritual health. Love gives us this, this desire to struggle to stabilize others' faith. Love struggles to protect others' faith. And so we're looking at verse 4 and 5 now. And let me reread this. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments. There in verse 4. And so when we have these outside forces coming at us saying, hey, no, you're wrong, it's not all about Jesus, or no, the Bible's wrong, and, and you need to graft in some of these other things that the secular world or the educated world wants you to believe, and just put the Bible aside because it's, it's not effective enough, it's not sufficient enough, what do we do with that? Do we just let it be? Do we just let it creep into the church? And so here we find, and, and going back to verse 3, those who know Jesus are rich in Christ who is wisdom and knowledge. So to have Jesus is to know the One who knows it all, and the One who knows it all has given us His Word. That is sufficient. And so opposed to Jesus are those who seek to delude you with persuasive arguments. And as I mentioned earlier, maybe they aren't trying to, to get you off, off of what you believe. Maybe they're trying to help, 
but because of their worldview doesn't include the Bible or they're not indwelt by the Holy Spirit, even their best effort may steer you wrong or they may try to steer you wrong without trying to do it. Has that ever happened? I mean, get on Facebook and somebody's going through a hard time and with their marriage and you see some advice and maybe they're, they're really trying to help. But it's not biblical. I'm not saying all of them are. But sadly, we find those who, here in this passage, we see this, that there's people who purposefully try to persuade you. And this persuasion... It's not that they have weak arguments. They have strong arguments. It makes sense. Especially to unbelievers. But these people who are opposed to Jesus were trying to persuade them with their arguments. And here again, I believe biblically from this passage and everything that's written here in Colossae, as we'll see here in the coming week, that they, there were Judaizers trying to say, hey, well, Jesus doesn't cut it. You need more. You need the old law. And today, sadly, we find those who once were good Bible teachers or who, or who appeared to be so, now off. And it, it breaks your heart. And we all probably know of pastors or people who led within the church where sin caused them to diverge and turn away from Christ and they're no longer serving the Lord. And now what they teach or say is contrary to the Word of God. And churches have been hurt. It affects everyone. And so we have to be aware that not only are there those who are going to try to persuade, with our, with, delude you with persuasive arguments, but there are those who are going to be deluded and that's also going to affect the church. And so there are, there are false teachings always. It has been this way from the very beginning. From Colossians. Right? From the early church to today, there's always false teachings that are trying to creep into the church, and so we have to be careful. And therefore, there's this, this second statement here. So don't, he says, don't let anybody delude you with persuasive arguments. If you know Jesus, Remain in Jesus. If they want you to add anything to what the Bible says, if they want to take anything away from what the Bible says, especially, especially about the personal work of Jesus Christ, remember, run, turn away. Stand firm upon the Word of God. Stand on the unshakable Christ. In verse 5, look at it. For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit. That is Paul saying, hey, I am there with you. Okay, I'm not there physically, but I'm praying for you. And I long to see, I'm rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Um, discipline, right? All right, you youngsters in high school going to get to start practicing Right? Discipline, fundamentals, 
day after day, right? Hopefully. So you get better and you're ready to play the game someday in the future. It seems like a long way, you know, two days were hard. Get up in the morning, your muscles are aching. Hopefully we're working hard now to grow in the Word of God. We maybe, some of us are going through difficulties now. And the Word of God is very applicable. Some of us, yeah, it's applicable. But it's going pretty good. Don't slack off. Stay disciplined. Growing in the Word of God. And he says, um, he, even though he's absent, nevertheless, I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline. They had good discipline, yet he's warning them to be careful. And the stability of your faith in Christ. Where does our faith need to be? In Jesus Christ, right? The person and work of Jesus Christ. We need, we need to be disciplined. We need to be in the Word. We need to be in spending time in prayer, even memorizing Scripture, studying the Bible together. We need to continue to build on Jesus. Matthew seven thirteen through 20. I'm not going to go there and read it, but in this passage, because I've gotten a little windy this morning, but in 7.13-20, through 20, it talks about how Jesus is the way. And in 21-28 through 28 is a parable, right? Jesus is the foundation. But it's build your faith on Him. Or have a strong faith, but a strong faith that's built on sand if your house is built on sand, when the waves come, the rains come, the waters rise and crash against the house, it says, Great, devastating is the fall of that house, right? But the house that's built upon the rock, when those rains and those waves and that storm comes crashing against the foundation and against the house, it will stand firm. So you can have great faith built on sand. Or you can have great faith built on Christ. Which one's going to stand? Stability will only come if your faith is built upon Jesus Christ. And so we have to remain centered upon Him. Faith builds a life in Jesus on Jesus and, and following Him will give you fruit. If you look at the context of that passage, you'll see more about what your life should look like instead of what the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees' lives looked like. They were rejecting Jesus. But here, right? It says stability. Now Colossae had to deal with some earthquakes. You can remain standing if you're built upon Jesus Christ. What's the next earthquake that's going to hit? I mean, maybe we'll have another one in Arnold. I don't know. The Delta variant, maybe. A car wreck. More cancer. More false teaching. Somebody else falling and turning, failing and turning away from Christ? Are you built upon Jesus Christ? I saw a, a film, I don't know if it was Christian or not, but there were Christians in this movie and they were reaching out to the poor. 
and the wife was really doing a great job. And one of the homeless men, they kind of took in a little bit, this homeless man, and, and he gave a warning to the husband. He says, when, when the Lord takes great interest or is very pleased with his worker, you need to know that Satan's going to take note of what's going on and have great interest in what's, what she's doing. That is, if we're doing great things for the Lord, we may have more of a battle come our direction. It may come after, it may come before, if Satan sees that there's difficult, that you're doing great things for the Lord, you may face an even greater spiritual battle. Now, if we're sitting in an easy life and nothing bad's going on, we need to stop and pray and say, am I doing what the Lord wants me to do? It doesn't seem to be much of a spiritual battle, or I'm just missing where the battle is in my life. Ephesians 6.10 and following, we need to be prepared for battle. It is a spiritual battle. We need to cover everything in prayer. It doesn't mean that we won't ever have conflict with other people but if that isn't covered in prayer before we have that conflict we've already lost the battle right it's not against flesh and blood we may have to address people with where there's conflict but if we're not praying about it we've lost but we have to struggle and we have to stand our ground on the Lord Jesus Christ, don't buy into the lies, don't buy into, uh, I mean, it may not even be um, some major religious teaching or theology, it may not be any philosophy other than, hey, life's all about me. <laughs> or it's keeping up with the Joneses, that might be what you need to face in battle. It may not be something out here that we're all saying, oh, this is major in the United States right now. It still might be the old battle where we're looking at, hey, I want to have what they have. I'm not content in my life. And yet we're letting our walk with Jesus, our walk with Jesus go. Stay in the battle. Walk with the Lord. Grow in Him. Finally, there is a struggle for reality. And I just want to challenge you with this one that we need to be walking in the Lord and understanding that if there isn't a struggle, we need to reevaluate things. And so, verse 6 and 7, again, theme verse, or you can say this is the pinnacle verse, or if you're going to say what uh, Colossians is about, this is, what this is what, where we would turn. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him." having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him. It doesn't stop. And established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So some of this I've already expounded upon before we even got to this verse. But understand that the struggle needs to take place. We need to be struggling for one another. We need to be struggling in our own relationship with the Lord Jesus that we would spend time with Him and with others. I went too far, didn't I? All right. Oh. I don't know what I did. Okay. The struggle for reality. So, verse 6. Just as you received Christ, you have sustainability in Jesus Christ. That is, if you've heard the Gospel and you've believed upon 
the work and person of Jesus Christ, if you've believed in Him, then you have received Him. And many point to the reality that this is speaking about all that was taught about Jesus Christ in the New Testament. But what you have heard and found in Him, in your new relationship, in Him, you need to walk in it. Being rooted in Him. And so this rooted in Him makes me think of sustainability. If you don't have roots that go very deep, just like we read in Jeremiah chapter 17 last week, if you're out there in the middle of the desert, it's going to be hard to find that moisture that you need. But if you're rooted by a tree and your roots go deep, even when there's a a famine, even when there's a great devastation, you can remain standing and you can even be fruitful for the long haul sustainability in Jesus. If you're rooted in Him, if you're disciplined in in spending time in a, a close relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you have all the H2O you need for life and for fruit. And you can walk in Him. You can remain and abide in Him, much of what 1 John says. You can have durability, okay? Stability in Him, built up in Him and on Him. You are put together with the gorilla glue of Jesus, right? How's that? That work? Maybe the JB weld of Jesus? It won't fall apart. The earthquakes of life will not cause you to crumble. You can have longevity in Jesus. Established. The word established. So built up, established now in your faith. I'd say longevity, right? Perseverance. You're remaining in your faith. You're trusting Jesus even the most difficult times. And you can have abundance in Jesus. Okay? Just as you were instructed in overflowing with gratitude. Okay? Abundance. If you understand you have this overflowing abundance Found in Jesus, you can thank, be thankful. You can have gratitude. You aren't as concerned about what's going on. And you can be, I forget, I think John gave us a little illustration about some, something falling down while he's trying to fix something. He's like, oh, thank you, Lord. And something came into mind, you know. When things go wrong, we can look at the positives and say, thank you, Lord. For all that you've done, you can be a person who looks, even if you're a person that's generally pessimistic, you can find something to thank the Lord about. Anybody have trouble with that? I do, especially, I hope not this year, during Husker football season. But the idea is of great gratitude and worship pouring out which affects others in a positive way. And so what we find here, and, and I love what Warren Wearsby states in these verses, and he goes back to verse 5 through 7, and he, said, he talks about the good discipline, his order, and the stability, his steadfastness, these are military terms. And so he talks about, and I don't know, I can't remember if I put this up, 
No, I didn't. But army, you can write in army for those words. That you're, you're a person in the army. And then, so walk in Him. The pilgrim. So you have the military, the pilgrim, and then the agriculture, the tree, rooted. Right? The building is architectural. 2-7. Jesus is the foundation or cornerstone and we're being built up in Him. And then the school, we're to be taught in Him. And then the river abounding. River overflowing its banks. God gives us all that we need for the struggle of life and we need to continue to to march forward encouraging one another to grow in the Lord. All the parts need to work for us to be effective. It's kind of like my my boat of the year that I have from 83, 1983. It was boat of the year. Now somewhere, it sucks air up in there and it gets hot. So if it's weighted down good in the lake, when I start going fast, even though there's a wake out behind it, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, it'll be low enough that it's still sucking all the water up into the engine to cool the engine down so it doesn't overheat. But when I don't have enough weight in there, I start to go fast. It doesn't take long and it's overheating. It doesn't matter how well the spark plugs are firing. It doesn't matter how well the... The gasoline is going and I have good gasoline in there. It doesn't matter if all the other components are working. If it starts to suck air, it'll get hot. It'll shut down. It'll ruin the engine. All of us, we need every last one of us to be growing in the Lord to be a well-tuned, finely running machine. Ready to roll. Sork's coming up, right? You'd have one little thing go wrong in the, in the vehicle. Sometimes you could have a few things go wrong if they're just certain parts. But if you have the, right, the wrong thing, even the smallest thing go wrong, it's going to shut down the car. You're not going to be as effective. The question is, is how effective are we? And even if we think we're pretty effective, is that really running at full capacity? And so the idea in this passage is not just one of us as an individual growing and struggling to live for the Lord, but that we are struggling to see that others in our church family are growing and living for the Lord, and then we're all struggling together in a good sense of the word. We're striving together to live for the Lord, making a profound, and then we can make a profound impact upon our community and for the Lord, not only in our community, but for the whole world as we encourage and support our missionaries and as we possibly ourselves go on mission trips. But the li- our life is not easy, is it? And there's daily struggles. Do not let those distract you from what we are to do. And so what, what must we do today? Let's pray and commit to Him knowing that we have a battle before us. Okay? Let's commit ourselves to Him and let's be thankful for all that He has done. Don't ignore the struggle and understand 
it is a serious and crucial battle. Struggle for us all to be in it. And so a school starts up sometime we'll have youth ministry start up in, se- in September and praise the Lord. We have a really good Sunday school. Okay? We have good attendance here at Tulane. But we're going to do promotion Sunday. We want to see more and more involvement all the time. So take serious the opportunities we have before us and let's see where else we can be involved and let's pray for the ministries we have and let's pray for the ministries we should have and let's be there for one another as I believe we have been. Do you have an unspoken prayer? Please share it with someone in this church family. And pray for one another knowing that there are, I am sure, unspoken prayer needs. There are prayer needs that we bring before each other. Let's pray over those we have missionaries. Both those we support and don't. Let us pray for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to evaluate where we stand in our effectiveness for You as individuals and as a church. And we ask, Lord, that You just give us that insight and that wisdom to know where to move forward from that point on. Help us to see what needs changed. Help us see what needs doing. And give us wisdom and the strength to know how to get those things done. We ask, Lord, that You'd be with those here today that that have a prayer need. Um, Maybe they've shared it with others. Maybe it's something they don't want to share with anyone. We ask, Lord, that You would give them wisdom, how to deal with it, a peace that surpasses all understanding as they rest and as they cling to you. Um, Lord, and we pray that you'd be with those that we've mentioned here today as, as we continue to march on, knowing that we have an eternal future with you, Lord, and someday it's going to be far better. But now while we're in the thick of it, Lord, help us to be your soldiers fighting your way for your glory every day. Thank you for the times of rest, times of provision. Also, Lord, thank you for the times where you wake us up and help us to see that we need to cling to you all the tighter because of the struggles that we're going through. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take up this morning's